Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Cullen Performance Hall at the University of Houston, Texas, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. exciting for us to be here. We have an amazing show for you people. We have four brilliant contestants. They are backstage. They're going to be up here very soon playing some nerdy games with us, and one of them is going to be our big winner, becoming the second most famous person from Houston after Beyonce. (laughs) I truly believe. And I'm really excited about this. Uh, Our special guest from Broadway, from television... Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is, yeah, the only place in Hollywood where it's still okay to walk all over a woman. Progress. Small but mighty. (laughs) Kristen Chenoweth originated the role of Glinda the Good Witch in the musical Wicked. Wicked is the backstories of the witches from The Wizard of Oz. Uh, There's a good witch and a bad witch. You know what? I never really liked how there was a good witch and a bad witch. I feel like that's a very shallow categorization of women. You know, it's much more complex than that. Why couldn't they just have a really good at a lot of things and much smarter than you but nice about it witch? (laughs) And kind of mean, but really she just wants to connect. Could you just buy her a Pinot Grigio witch? And of course, my favorite, Sandwich. (laughs) The very, very best witch. Best witch of all. The best witch of all. And she has a new album coming out that we're going to talk about. Uh, It's a cover of all songs by female performers called For the Girls. For the Girls. That's right. If you're a man and you buy it, it explodes in your face. (laughs) It's not for you, this one. It's not for you. We have a game called Houston, We Have Space Problems. (laughs) You know, why is it always Houston, We Have a Problem? Why isn't it ever Houston, What's Your Problem? What's going on with you? Are you guys sick of not being asked how you're doing? Houston was obviously the very first word to be said on the moon. You'll always have that. You know what? I'm going to become an astronaut. Just so... I can go to Mars and be the person that says the first word on Mars. And you know what the first word's going to be? Moist. (laughs) Moist, we have a problem. (laughs) Which, trust me, that makes perfect sense. If you've ever entered a room and said, moist, you have a problem. (laughs) All right, let's play some games, everybody. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Amy Paul. You are a stay-at-home mom, and this is your fifth game show? That is correct. Okay, you've already been on Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Millionaire, and Supermarket Sweep. That's correct. (laughs) Supermarket was the first one? Supermarket Sweep was the original with my sister. Did you train, quote-unquote? pretty much trained our whole lives for the actual game part <laughs> where you give each other clues and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then we maybe made drew out a map of the whole supermarket and studied the previous shows so that we would know where everything was in the store. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and how'd it go? We won. Won yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> All right, Amy, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Zach Popkin-Hall. You're a PhD student in entomology at Texas A&M. And recently, while you were doing some field work in Australia, you were chased by a family of cassowaries, uh, which are, it's like a So sort of bird. like, yeah, so people are familiar with emus probably from Australia. Sure. So cassowaries are the, the much scarier version of that. <laughs> 
Why were you in contact with these birds? So we were staying at this place called the Cassowary House, where they like. Well, that thro- would be the reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> they throw fruit to them in the morning, which is like really cute and charming when you're doing that. But then we yeah. were trying to look for some bugs there, and of course forgot about the cassowaries, and then they came looking for more fruit. Very good. <laughs> All right, Zach. When you ring in, we'll hear this. Amy and Zach, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. This quiz is inspired by the Apollo 13 quote, Houston, we have a problem, which technically is a misquote. The real quote is, Houston, we've had a problem. But we don't want to correct Tom Hanks. So (laughs) in this game, Jonathan and I will pretend to be planets and other celestial objects calling into Houston with their own problems. Ring in to identify the celestial body. Here we go. Houston, everyone visits me, but nobody stays. Is that the life of a famous influencer? I feel like we're getting farther apart every year. 1.48 inches to be exact. Amy. The moon? That's right, Earth's moon. Yeah, according to the BBC, the moon is moving away from us at the uh, same speed fingernails grow. (laughs) It's like the creepiest comparison of all time. It's a weird, uh, useless coincidence. Yeah. It's not going to come up. (laughs) Houston, great news. The cream is working. My great red spot is shrinking. Bad news, my own moons don't recognize me anymore. Amy. Jupiter? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jupiter's famous storm, the Great Red Spot, is uh, not a cold sore. Uh, It's a famous storm, and it used to be able to fit three Earths inside of it. Now it can only fit one. Well, something else to worry about. (laughs) It's exciting. Houston, I don't want to make a fuss, but Pluto keeps cutting in front of me every 228 years. How do I confront him without seeming shrill? Zach. Neptune. Yeah, that's right, Neptune. Every 228 years, Pluto is closer to the sun than Neptune, which would technically make it the eighth planet. If it were a planet, nobody knows. Big debate. It's complicated. It's complicated. (laughs) This is your last clue. Houston, it's always Earth, 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 but what about me, your sister planet? Sure, I smell like rotten eggs, and a day on me is longer than a year, but I do have a pink razor named after me. Amy. Venus. Oh, yeah. All right, great game, and Amy is in the lead. Next, we'll play a game about songs from the heart because they get you the most pumped. So this audio quiz is inspired by the queen of Tejano music, Selena, and her song, Bitty Bitty Bum Bum. In 1994, when Selena was asked what the phrase meant, she said, it's the sound the heart makes when you see a man pass by. So in this game, we'll play clips from other songs containing made-up phrases for when words just aren't enough. You're going to ring in and tell me the song's title or artist, and the points are doubled. Amy, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Zach, you need to get more points, or you have to give me CPR, but without tongue this time. (laughs) Here we go. This band performed the theme song for Snakes on a Plane and this song describing the feeling of finding your one true warm-blooded soulmate. (laughs) Song or artist? Here's a hint. You kind of heard the name of the song. (laughs) No? Uh, anyone out there? Cobra Starship. Cobra Starship, yes. And what's the name of the song? You Make Me Feel. Okay. And then the rest of it is La Na 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 Na. <laughs> <laughs> this next clip is about when your heart and another body part are linked up and ready for action. Amy's got her head in her hands. 
Zach is just biting his lip and shaking his head. Why? Why did this happen to me? <laughs> All right, anyone out there? That was Rump Shaker. Sure was. I'm part of your playlist. By Rex in Effect. This English singer was named after Ella Fitzgerald, and she is dizzy with emotion. Amy. Ellie King. (laughs) (laughs) Great guess. Thanks. Great guess. Sounded like Ella Fitzgerald. (laughs) I bet there's an Ellie King out there who is just excited (laughs) that her name was said. But incorrect. Zach, can you steal? Is it Ellie Golding? (laughs) Another cool name. Uh, that was Ella May and Boot Up. That's the name of the song. <laughs> okay, guess what? This is your last clue. Yay! <laughs> Feel like we've all learned something. <laughs> <laughs> this last artist expresses emotion at a register that is tough to reach. Amy. How about Whitney Houston? (laughs) That is an answer. Yes. (laughs) If I don't guess anything, it's definitely wrong. That's that's right. That's right. I'm glad you gave it a shot. Uh, Zach, can you steal? Almost certainly not, uh, but I'll give a worse answer and say Stevie Wonder. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite guess of the night. It's pretty good. Thank you. It's going to be hard to beat. I wish I could say yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was Mariah Carey, and that song is Emotions. I have heard of her. You have heard of her, yes. That game brought you guys really close. (laughs) Congratulations after two games. Amy is going to the final round. Coming up, we have Kristen Chenoweth. In the Broadway musical Wicked, she floats onto stage in a giant bubble, which is exactly what we get accused of here at NPR. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from Capital One, presenting sponsor of the 2024 Tiny Desk Contest. Earlier this year, unsigned musicians from around the country submitted their original songs for the 10th annual Tiny Desk Contest. The panel of judges are hard at work picking standout entries, and you can follow along and choose your favorite videos as well. The winner gets to play their very own Tiny Desk Concert, then headline a tour with NPR Music this summer. Want to come along for the ride? Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more. Then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, coming to you from Houston, Texas. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. She's a Tony and Emmy Award-winning singer and actor. You may know her from her roles in ABC's Pushing Daisies and Wicked on Broadway. Please welcome Kristen Chenoweth. Thank you. I am just so thrilled to have you on the stage. Kristen Chenoweth, I can't believe it! I'm so honored to be here. So I read that your parents discovered that you had talent as a singer when they overheard you singing along to Wizard of Oz. Is that 
true? Can you believe it? I mean, that's like an unbelievable coincidence in so many ways. Oz has been good to me. I just imagine as a kid you were singing all the time to stuff. Yes, I was. And I mean, I come from a family of chemical engineers. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what that even means. <laughs> but I'm sure that I was their alien child, too. And I did put on... Um, a record is a round thing for you young uh, audience <laughs> members that we put on. And I would listen to Wizard of Oz, and I would sing, and they were like, is it us or is she good? Yeah. You attend Oklahoma City University. Mm-hmm. You graduate with an undergrad and a master's degree in opera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the real deal. As one does. As one does, of course. Simple, simple. You go to New York with a pal... Yes. To an audition that you don't even have an appointment for? Correct. Okay, you, that's, that's all I want to say. So what happens? First so, of all, I love you for knowing this. <laughs> I really do, Vera. Um, yeah, I, my friend Denny moved to New York, and I signed up for an audition. And I remember I waited outside for eight hours. I remember there was a McDonald's downstairs, and I went I had a Happy Meal. That's <laughs> all I could afford, you know. And I just waited, and I, I watched the actors come and go out of the equity room, and he came out, the deputy, and he came out and said, you, we have time for you. And it was 5.30. And I went in and auditioned, and I sang an opera piece, which is inappropriate for an, a show called Animal Crackers about the Marx Brothers. Marx Brothers. <laughs> Welcome to my brain! <laughs> anyway, he said, do you have something belty and up-tempo? And I said, yes. He said, can you dance? And I said, Yes. He said, can you act? I said, I don't know. Maybe you give me the scene and we'll find out. You know? <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know that part sure. was uncool to say, but I did. And I did the scene and got the part. And he said, who's your agent? I said, my dad. I don't have one, you know. I gave him my number, which actually, can you believe it, they did live at this time in Houston, in the Woodlands. You gave him a landline? You're like, yeah, I Here's... gave him a landline. Yeah, what does it say again about I know, it's me? hilarious. Right. Uh, so, right, you get this role, Animal Crackers, 1993. Yeah. Now, were you like, oh, I'm going to do this musical theater comedy, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to return to opera? Yeah, I didn't really, wasn't really sure, and mm-hmm. I just thought, I'm a big believer in following your gut. Yeah. And my gut was saying, just go do Animal Crackers. But I never stopped training in, in classical music, and I still train that way because I want to be able to do eight shows a week. Barber or whatever it is I'm going to work on, Puccini or Linda Ronstadt, just depends on my mood. Well, <laughs> it's nice that uh, your talent allows your mood to dictate what you can do. <laughs> So I moved to New York uh, in the early 2000s, and I went to see Wicked in previews. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, right? Because I was new, and I was like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to go see Wicked in previews. You know, and there it's you and Adina Menzel, and I, you know, watching this. But I will tell you, because it was previews, the set broke. And it was amazing, because you and Adina were just like, well, that, the bed's not moving there, and that's not happening. And you both just were like, all right, we're going to keep going. Uh, but I read that Wicked had quite a few snafus. production snafus. <laughs> I call them snafus, yeah. Yeah. Was there an incident where you were um, in the air on guy wires? <laughs> I love you so much right now. <laughs> it's, it's going down memory lane. So, yeah, we were in tech, yeah. which means we were in rehearsal 24-7 in the rehearsal. And then we would do the show at night. And we were working on the show during the day, and they said, Kristen, get in the bubble, because my, my character entered from the very top of the, in the back of the house, at the very, very top. So I would go up and say hello to the stage guys up in the rafters. I'd be like, hi, Jim. Hi, Bob. And I would continue up. And then one day during rehearsal, they forgot about me. <laughs> and I thought, I saw, they're still rehearsing. I was like, hello, hello, and no one heard. So I went... And I remember one of our ensemble members, who was one of my good friends, Kathy Beach, goes, she kind of looked around and then she looked up. She goes, oh my gosh, Kristen. And then slowly the bubble came down. In fact, I'm still in the bubble, I'm pretty sure. 
how many years were you in Wicked before? It was nine months, and I was going to stay longer, but other opportunities yeah. came, and I, I knew I wanted to take advantage of the opportunities. I loved Wicked. I was there from the beginning. Yeah. And I loved the evolution of the piece, and though I was nominated and didn't win, okay. <laughs> I'm really glad that it went the way it did because it, it was the right thing, and the green girl and the pink girl stood together with hands together, as we still do today. So it's good. I love you, Adina. Wherever you are, girl, I love you. What do you say? What did you say? Should have been a tie. Oh. Should have been a tie. In my mind, it was a tie, sir. <laughs> uh, and you've recorded several al- albums. Your most recent one, this is your sixth album. Yeah. Right, this new one. I guess I'm just wondering, how do you choose... What collection you're doing? Are, do you have like a list? You're like, this is what I want to do because I'm actually good at everything. <laughs> no, uh, by accident, you know, women are having such a yes. revolution, renaissance, though I, I feel like we've always been strong, but that's another subject. I feel like I had released a Christian album, which I loved, Christmas album, which I loved. My first record was 30s and 40s music. What do you want to do, Kristen? And sometimes when all the loudness and you can't hear, you got to get quiet. And then all of a sudden there was like an inner peace. Write down the music you want to do. And I wrote down about 200 songs. 200? I know. It was a lot. And I I didn't release all those songs, did I? Thank God. (laughs) But a lot of them were female-driven. And this was... Not even on purpose, like what the world needs or what... But maybe it's the universe talking and I... I said, I'm going to do a tribute to like Dolly Parton and Linda and all these St. Leslie Gore and Doris Day and Dinah Washington and all these singers that I loved. And I said, this should be called For the Women. And my record producer, Steve Tyrell, the great Steve Tyrell, said, it should be called For the Girls, by the girls, to the girls, and by the men that love them. And I thought, that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. So it, it just evolved naturally. I'm so thankful. And uh, one of the songs you just mentioned, Dolly Parton, you got a chance... To sing with her. To sing with Dolly Parton. She said yes. She's on my record for the girls. And I reached out to her and I said, would you do, like, Here You Come Again? You know, remember that song? Here You Come Again. And I just thought, oh, I just love that. And it would be cool to do it with her. And she's like, if I'm going to do it with you, I'm going to sing a song I wrote. Smart. (laughs) Still learning, right? right? So I said, no, she's not going to give me that song. And she said, why don't we do I Will Always Love You? And I thought, I did the ugly cry. <laughs> My hair extensions fell out. And then we, we did it. Isn't that cool? I grew up loving her and still, I just, she's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty psyched about that. <laughs> All right, Kristen, are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? I am. Okay. I am. I'm nervous. No, don't be nervous. Lie. Let's bring out Jonathan Colton, everybody. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, Kristen. Hey. <laughs> Kristen, you, Broadway, essentially one and the same. <laughs> Thank you. So your game is called We're Gonna Make You Sing Now. Musicals. So musicals often have at least one song that mentions the title of the show in the lyrics. Jonathan and I are going to read the lyrics from one of those songs, but stop just before the title, and all you have to do is identify the musical. Okay, I just want to say that remember my master's degree is in opera. Okay, go. (laughs) Those are great. (laughs) If you do well enough, Tim Rogers from Cedar Park, Texas, will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. No pressure. No. Tim, I'm sorry. Well, let's see how you do. Okay, okay. Here's your first one. Let us rejoiceify that goodness could <laughs> subdue the. Let us rejoiceify that goodness could subdue the wicked workings of you know who. Yes, of course. I believe that was me. That was you. <laughs> How about I didn't know that for sure? How? <laughs> There's the right key. <laughs> let us be glad. Let us be grateful. Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Here's your next one. All I need is one more try. Got to get that kite to fly. And I'm not that kind of guy <laughs> who gives up easily. Wonder why they stop to say. It's Charlie Brown. I know that. It's the kite. The song, the kite. Yeah. All we need is the name of the musical. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. You got it. But but what's the? How does it go after? Oh, that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really care for music. Me too. <laughs> I don't have one. What good is sitting alone in your room? What Come good hear the music is play. Life is alone a... in your yeah, room. Right. Uh-huh. Come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret old charm. Come to the cabaret. Cabaret. Oh. That's correct. Thank you, Liza. All right, this is your last clue. Plenty of room to swing a rope, plenty of heart, and plenty of... Plenty of... of, Sorry, Texans. Plenty of room to swing a rope, plenty of heart, and plenty of hope. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping (laughs) on the plain. Thank you for that. Congratulations, Kristen. <laughs> I feel like congratulations us, but I anyhow. Know, I know. <laughs> congratulations, Kristen, you and listener what did Tim. I win? <laughs> you won an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube, and so did Tim Rogers. <laughs> yes, Tim Rogers yeah. won an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Kristen will be back to play another game later in the show. Kristen Channel with everybody. <laughs> Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game is about things buried deep below street level, like tunnels, mole people, and my emotions. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Gloria Alvarez. You teach creative writing, and your first game is about things underground. So what is hiding in your basement? Well, it has to be a metaphorical basement because we don't have basements in Houston. But I would say it's probably my husband's rocks. His rocks. His rocks. He collects rocks? He's a geologist. He's a geologist, okay. He's He's collected rocks for 40 years. Yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. Thank goodness. (laughs) Gloria, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Nathan Kroll. You're a retired electrical contract salesman. What is hiding in your basement? All the books my wife thinks I've gotten rid of. <laughs> geology books? Are they mostly geology books? Uh, there aren't very many geology books. No. In <laughs> novels? A uh, couple of novels, yeah. A couple of novels. Nathan, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Gloria and Nathan, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. Let's go to your first game. This trivia game is called Going Underground. There are more than six miles of underground tunnels in downtown Houston, full of shops and restaurants and opportunities to avoid the sun. So this quiz is about other interesting things below street level. Jonathan and I will deliver the clues as if we were hipsters talking about underground bands. Oh, God. Here we go. I prefer the acoustic version of this city, like when it was made out of wood, like before it all burned down and they went electric and built a new modern city on top of the old one and sold out to Starbucks. Nathan. Seattle. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. I once went backpacking in this European country that has enough bunkers for every citizen to hunker down with their Emmentaler cheese, Toblerone, and army knives. The only negative was that the shop signs are in Helvetica and everyone's moved on to Avenir by now. Gloria. Switzerland. Yeah, that's correct. There we go. This underground venue near Geneva is so hot, Stephen Hawking warned that what happens there could destroy the universe. That's where I discovered this great new particle, the Higgs boson. You probably haven't heard of it. Hmm. <laughs> Gloria. Uh, the CERN, the, the 
big place where you go well, round yeah, we and can take that. Yeah, yeah, okay. we can take that. That's right, the Large Haldron Collider. Yeah. Yep. You're very basic, so your favorite part of this place is probably Cinderella's Castle. But I prefer the Utilidors and the Underground Tunnel Network, where I smoked a joint with Donald Duck. Nathan. Disneyland. I'm sorry, we cannot accept Disneyland. Gloria, do you know the answer? Walt Disney World. Yeah, Disney World is correct. Also, Disneyland, it's Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Oh, yeah. It's not Cinderella's castle. That's right. They're two very different castles. Yeah. (laughs) You probably haven't heard of megasloths, but they're this obscure prehistoric animal that threw these amazing underground raves in the early Pliocene epoch. They dug huge tunnels under this, the biggest country in South America. I love a DIY venue. Nathan. Brazil. Brazil is correct. Megasloths. Megasloths. The laziest monster of all time. (laughs) This is your last clue. I miss the underground DC punk rock scene, but at least they still have the underground train that connects Russell, Dirksen, Rayburn, and Hart for the corrupt politicians in this branch of federal government. Nathan. The Pentagon? No, can't take that, sorry. Gloria, can you steal? Uh, that would be uh, Congress. Yeah, the Congress. The legislative branch. Sure, we'll just take Congress. Okay, great game, and Gloria is in the lead. If your underground bunker includes a reading nook, you should be on our show. Go to amatickets.org and find out how to be a contestant. Coming up, Kristen Chenoweth returns and will play a music parody about famous hair. Uh, It reminds me of the time that I got a haircut at a beauty school. How did it go? Well, I'll tell you, uh, all of my hairs were cut and all of them a little different. (laughs) I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, the automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares how cash can be part of a balanced savings strategy for investors. Oftentimes people think of their cash as the money they're using, but when there's a high rate environment, your cash can also be a form of savings. So savings can sit in your cash account and savings can sit in an investing account. And on average and over time, investments go up, but in a high interest rate environment, you can get a more predictable return in a high yield savings account. And so investors can choose both strategies, an investment strategy, as well as a cash strategy to both protect your principal because cash doesn't go down the way markets can, but also to earn a high yield. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. This is NPR's Ask Me Another coming to you from Houston, Texas. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Gloria and Nathan. Our next game is about facial hair. This just in, a special message from goats. It ruined goatees for us. So we've switched to mutton chops. Weird. I know. I agree. Let's check in with our contestants. Gloria, you were recently in Finland. It was hosting the Heavy Metal World Knitting Championships. That's correct. Uh, so people are knitting to heavy metal songs? Yes. Um, to the rhythm? To the rhythm, and of course it's also partly depending on how complicated your stitches are. So at the end you're, you are rated on a variety of uh, different... Uh, categories, but mostly can you headbang and knit simultaneously. You have a good life, Gloria. I'm just going to say. I do indeed. Uh, Nathan, when you were in college, your roommate had a fish tank, and you and some friends ate all of the fish one night? We did. 
<laughs> okay, well, just walk me through what happened. Yeah. Okay, so, so your, it's your roommate's fish tank. Yeah, and so we had five fish. Five fish. There were six of us. And <laughs> that's, well, that's important. Awkward. And the girl that is now my wife turns to one of my friends and says, Hey, Rod, why don't you eat one of Paul's fish? So we ate a fish. So we see what's going on, and we know how this is going to end. So my other roommate and I, we get the two smallest fish, and they go down easy. (laughs) And we get to the point where there's one fish and two people left, my sweet, lovely girlfriend and her younger brother. And we're we're cool. We're not going to make her eat the fish. Sure. So we turn to the little brother, and we're like, hey, you know, step to the plate here. And he put it in his mouth and kind of spit it back out. And so we turned to my girlfriend and said, it's got to be eaten at this point. (laughs) And it was the biggest one in the tank. She ate it. And I knew she was the girl for me. Yeah. (laughs) You know... We think that we get quirky contestants in Brooklyn. They're like, I make beer in my bathtub, and I, you know, but no, no comparison. (laughs) Your next game is a music parody called Famous Follicles. We're recognizing the 50th anniversary of Houston's own ZZ Top. Yeah, you might know them as those guys with cartoonishly large beards, except for the one whose name is Frank Beard. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Naturally, we took this opportunity to rewrite ZZ Top hits to make them about other famous real people with iconic facial hair. I'm talking about beards, mustaches, eyebrows, maybe a nose hair or two. Who knows? (laughs) Here we go. Long beard, cool pants... Major artists from the Renaissance All the things I know I'm a universal genius, yo The Last Supper sure has more than one fan Everyone knows I drew Vitruvian Man Nathan Da Vinci Da Vinci is correct for a bonus point, can you identify the song? I listen to this a lot. Sharp Dressed Man. Yeah, that's correct. She's in Pretty Baby. She's in Endless Love. She was known for her bushy eyebrows. She's tall and she towers above. And she also went to Princeton. That's right, she went to Princeton. Nathan. Brooke Shields? Yeah, that's right. For a bonus point, can you identify the song? I can't. Yeah. That's got me under pressure. Here we go. Off a west in this beach, you could find Edward Teach until they cut off his head. He's a terrifying pirate. Named for his facial hair instead. Gloria. Uh, that would be Blue Blackbeard. Blackbeard is the answer. You got it. For a bonus point, can you name the song? Uh, looking for a little tush, huh? Tush, that's right. Tush, what's that song about? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even think of a joke. It's about butts. <laughs> Model from Jamaica, disco diva Apogee. Dangerous is Mayday, really nailed androgyny. Nathan. Grace Jones? Yeah, that's oh. right. For a bonus point, can you identify the song? I, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was Give Me All Your Love. Yeah. This is your last clue. Well, she was in Ghost. She's a view host. 
And as Guinan she met Mark Twain She's no has-been With an got a win And sells cannabis for crampaign Nathan. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, that's right. Some of you are asking right now, what's, what's remarkable about Whoopi Goldberg's facial hair? The answer is she shaves off her eyebrows. She doesn't need them. Doesn't need them. For a bonus point, can you identify the song? LaGrange. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Amazing couple of games. You guys are incredible. Well done. And after two games, Nathan is moving on to the final round. Before our final round, it's time for us to play another game with our special guest, Kristen Chenoweth, everybody. (laughs) So, uh, uh, Kristen, in researching you, we learned that you love 7-Eleven. Yes. I love it. And 7-Eleven Slurpees. Love me. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite flavor? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yeah, so why do you love Slurpees so much? It's the combination of the crushed ice with the Coca-Cola feel. So it's the burn of a Coke. (laughs) Do you guys know what I mean? Some of you know. And then with the ice, and it never gets melty. I love Slurpee, okay? Yeah. And I love 7-Eleven. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And I'm not being paid. No. (laughs) Listen. 7-Eleven was born in Texas, so we have a multiple-choice quiz for you called 7-Eleventh Heaven. Got it. I'm ready. I'm I'm not even nervous. The man who started 7-Eleven was named Uncle Johnny Green. In 1927, he began stocking bread, milk, and eggs in his store. But before that, he sold one thing. What was it? A, postage stamps. B, ice. C, lottery tickets. I mean, it has to be B, ice. Yeah, of course it's ice. That's right. (laughs) In the early 1970s, 7-Eleven played a pivotal role in the creation of what alcohol-related invention? A, the beer hat. B, the giant novelty martini glass. Or C, the frozen margarita machine. Well, it has to be C. Hello. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Mariano Martinez was trying to perfect his restaurant's frozen margaritas, and one day he saw a Slurpee machine. (laughs) And he thought, I could put booze in that. (laughs) So smart. That's so smart. (laughs) In 1977, 11 released an original song. What was it called? Now I'm nervous. A, roll that dog. B, working 7 to 11. Or C, dance the slurp. These are hard, y'all. This this is a hard one. It's whatever C is. C is dance the slurp. You are correct. Dang, I wish I knew how it went. (laughs) No problem. Let's roll the clip. (gasps) (laughs) Slurp, slurp. What amazing lyrics. Slurp, slurp. (laughs) Genius. Genius. All right, this is your last one. Okay, I'm, I'm still doing well. You're doing great. You're doing great. In 2017, a former 7-Eleven owner in South Boston opened a competing convenience store. He tried to one-up 7-Eleven by calling it what? A, 612. (laughs) Genius. B, 7,011. Or C, 7-L even better than 7-Eleven. Is this real? Well, one of them is. (laughs) Is it A? It is a 612, that's right. (laughs) Are you kidding? I know. That's right. As of this recording, that store still exists. 612, they're open 25 hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so going there. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, Kristen, you were fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth's new album is called For the Girls. 
Christian Chenoweth, everybody. Thank you, guys. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Amy Paul, who's been on five game shows and even one supermarket sweep, but she doesn't know any songs. <laughs> and Nathan Kroll, who knew his girlfriend, was the one when she ate the biggest fish in his roommate's fish tank. Amy and Nathan, your final round is called Everything's Bigger in Texas. Every answer contains the word big. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Kristen Chenoweth. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Nathan is going first. Here we go. Nathan, though it's often used to refer to the entire clock tower at the Palace of Westminster, this name really just refers to the Great Bell. Big Ben. That is correct. Amy, this children's book about a giant canine was first published in 1963 and went on to sell more than 100 million copies. Clifford the Big Red Dog. That is correct. Nathan, this comedian is known for his films Sleepwalk With Me and Don't Think Twice. Three seconds. Big Bob. (laughs) Good guess. The answer is Mike Birbiglia. Amy. She's the first woman to receive the Academy Award for Best Director. Is it Catherine Bigwell? So close, it's Catherine Bigelow. Nathan, this NCAA football conference only has 10 teams, despite its name. The Big 12. That is correct. Amy, first sold in Uniontown, Pennsylvania in 1967. This fast food item was created to satisfy hungry steelworkers. The Big Mac. That is correct. All right, Jonathan, we are halfway through. How are our contestants doing? This is a tough game, but they are tied (sighs) two to two. My goodness. Nathan, this country duo is known for their 2010 hit, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Big and rich. That is correct. Amy, Joni Mitchell wrote this song in 1970 on a trip to Hawaii when she witnessed a blight on paradise. Big yellow taxi? That is correct. Nathan, this Gene Knight song was number one on the Soul Singles chart for five straight weeks in 1971. Big red taxi in paradise. (laughs) See, it's worth it. It's incorrect. The answer is Mr. Big Stuff. Amy, despite only having released two albums, he is regarded as one of the most influential rappers of the 90s. Oh, no. Uh. (laughs) Three seconds. I don't know. Biggie Smalls is what we were looking for, or Notorious B.I.G. Okay, only a few questions left. What's the score, Jonathan? These guys are real scrappers. It's still tied. (laughs) Three to three. Okay. Nathan, this national park located on the border of West Texas and Mexico is home to Emery Peak and Chiso Basin. Do you want to... Okay, you're out of time. You want to throw in an answer? No. Okay. The answer is Big Bend. Amy, this stretch of California coastline contains many popular hiking destinations. Big Sur? That is correct. Okay. Something very exciting has happened. Okay. (laughs) The tie has been broken. Amy is now in the lead, four to three. Nathan, this is the last question for each of you, so to stay in the game, you have to answer this question correctly, and Amy has to miss her question. Nathan, this 2003 film stars Ewan McGregor and was directed by Tim Burton. Big Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) (laughs) It's a heck of a guess. I can't believe I'm saying this to you. The answer is, Nathan, big fish. It all all comes back to that. I don't know how this happened. This show was a really long setup for that punchline. (laughs) 
It's amazing. I mean, we've been working on this premise for seven years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we finally came together. Finally we did it. Now we're just going to stop doing the <laughs> show it. because we did it. Yeah. Guess what, Amy? <laughs> Woohoo! You're our winner. <laughs> Big hand for Nathan. And congratulations, Amy. That's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzles were written by Andrew Kane, Hannah Meyer-Katkin, Ruth Morrison, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Ashley Brooke-Roberts, Kara Weinberger, and Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk. Sick Hurt Larva. Kiara Powell, Nancy Seichow, Ramel Wood, Old Memo Row, and our intern Natalie Hitayan, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore. We'd like to thank the University of Houston's Cullen Performance Hall, All Helpful Necromancer, Houston Public Media, Bodacious Unlit Hemp, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harip Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, happy to hear you're still listening. And since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black describes how when the show first started, they weren't allowed to use the word binge. We would say, no. (laughs) You're able to watch the show at your leisure. (laughs) (laughs) So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. When voters talk during an election season, we listen. We ask questions, we follow up, and we bring you along to hear what we learn. Get closer to the issues, the people, and your vote at the NPR Elections Hub. Visit npr.org slash elections.